Welcome, everyone. I'm Kim Christensen, and this is the Peaceful Productivity Podcast, where I share strategies to help you get the most out of your time and feel better in the process. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Kim Christensen. This is your first time. Welcome. Appreciate your coming and joining us today. And if you're returning, welcome back. So thrilled to have you here. Today, I want to talk to you about what I believe to be the most underrated tool that I have found in creating peaceful productivity. And that tool is self-compassion. I think for myself, the practice of self-compassion has been one of the most powerful tools in improving my mental health. It allows me to cope with discomfort and painful emotion. It allows me to create more motivation and it has improved my self-confidence. In short, it's the single biggest contributor that I have found in creating peaceful productivity. There have been numerous studies on the subject of self-compassion. It's been positively linked with more happiness, more life satisfaction, self-confidence, and physical health. It has also been linked to decreased depression, decreased anxiety, decreased stress, and decreased shame. The reason why I think that self-compassion is such a helpful tool in terms of creating peaceful productivity is because of its ability to help us cope with suffering. I've found in my own experience that when I'm feeling uncomfortable or when I'm in emotional pain, I might find myself procrastinating, denying, rationalizing, or even avoiding. And while I might still be productive and engaged in procrastination, denying, rationalizing, and avoiding, there's very little opportunity for peace in that state is what I found. When we're coping with pain through avoidance activities, overworking, overeating, overdrinking, overspending, when we're doing those types of things or when we're in uh, this state of resistance, we tend to increase our suffering rather than decrease it. So self-compassion is a gorgeous way to cope with the suffering and hold the pain with love, thereby increasing the positive emotions of love and caring and reducing the negative experiences of stress, obligation, resentment, and pressure. So if you're interested in learning more about self-compassion or the practice of self-compassion, I highly recommend the work of Dr. Kristen Neff. I'm a huge fan of her work, and I've noticed that for myself, the more I practice self-compassion, the more I'm able to access peace, and the more I'm able to access peace, the more productive that I become. So it's this beautiful, self-perpetuating cycle that's sparked by self-compassion. Dr. Neff is the Associate Professor of Human Development and Culture at the University of Texas at Austin, and she is a pioneer in the field of self-compassion research. 
for more on her research, as well as some helpful practices that I've used in developing self-compassion, you can find her website at selfcompassion.org. And I'll put that website in the show notes as well. Dr. Neff and her colleague, Dr. Christopher Germer, have also developed a program titled Mindful Self-Compassion and have published the Mindful Self-Compassion Workbook in 2018. And I have also found this to be a very valuable resource. I think the idea of self-compassion as a motivational tool runs counter to some of the more traditional perceptions of self-compassion. My clients and colleagues will often credit self-judgment with getting things done. I think there's this perception that self-compassion is something like a, a license to let ourselves off the hook, <laughs> that self-compassion will make us lazy because we'll just end up skipping the hard things unless we bully ourselves into them. At least this is what I used to believe. We think that we need to be really hard on ourselves in order to get things done, to achieve goals, and to avoid making mistakes and hurting other people. What I love about Dr. Neff's research is that she's found the opposite to be true. She's found that self-compassionate people are more motivated to engage in healthier behaviors like exercise, eating well, drinking less, and going to the doctor more regularly. Because it's coming from this place of caring about ourselves rather than having to force ourselves to follow through through willpower. Her research has also shown that self-compassionate people continue to have high personal standards. They continue to pursue goals. They don't give up on themselves and they don't beat up on themselves when they fail. So self-compassionate people are less afraid of failure because it's safe for them to fail. They're more likely to try again and then to persist in their efforts after failing. It's also interesting to note that self-compassion is different than self-esteem. Self-esteem requires us to distinguish ourselves from the crowd by being special or above average. The problem with self-esteem is that it's impossible for everyone to be above average at the same time. This leads to that compare and despair phenomenon where we look around ourselves and we see ourselves as coming up short when compared to other people. And we use this as a reason to feel badly about ourselves. Whereas self-compassion is the opposite. It's offering ourselves comfort and kindness when we are feeling emotional pain. It's not a judgment or an evaluation at all. It's an acknowledgement that we are all imperfect and making allowance and acceptance of that. Self-compassion is less contingent on things like our physical attributes, how we look, or our successful performance. It provides for a safety net and a stable sense of self-worth over time, regardless of the circumstances. I love this. I think this is the reason why I've found self-compassion to be such a helpful tool in terms of creating peaceful productivity. It's because it allows me to acknowledge and comfort myself in those times when I'm feeling low. It gives me a tool to cope with those painful emotions 
rather than to fear them or deny them. That's what I have been prone to do is deny that anything is wrong. When asked how I'm doing it, I'm fine. I'm fine. (laughs) This is probably why I might have been disinclined to take risks in the past because avoiding risks were a way to avoid what could be perceived as painful or uncomfortable experiences like failure. If you don't take any risks, you don't fail. What's that expression? You never win the game that you don't play. So now, knowing that I have the tools to cope with uncomfortable and painful emotional experiences, I'm much more likely to take calculated risks and not fear or avoid those uncomfortable experiences. This is something that I continue to work on. I almost see it like brushing my teeth. It's just something that I do for the maintenance of my health on a daily basis. The great news is that self-compassion can be learned. According to Dr. Neff, she has done multiple studies in this area, and she's found that people who have engaged in her teachings have increased their levels of self-compassion by an average of 43%. So that's encouraging, especially if you're in this boat where you feel like you're very compassionate towards other people and less compassionate towards yourself. It is a skill that you can develop over time. If you're interested in a self-compassion practice, I can share with you one that I have been practicing in addition to all of the ones that you can find on Dr. Neff's website. This is a simple strategy that I can offer that can be useful right away. You can take it and apply it today. When you're experiencing a difficult emotion, the idea is to think about a friend or a loved one who might have gone through a similar experience. Keeping this person in mind, this friend or loved one, Think about when they were experiencing that and you were interacting with them. Think about how you might have responded to them in their time of need. What you might have said, what you might have done, some of the gestures and body language and posture that you might have adopted in that situation. And with that compassionate response in mind, turning that same light onto yourself. When you're thinking about your response to someone else and then turning that on yourself, it gives your brain a really helpful way to remember what it felt like to be in that compassionate space. It might feel kind of clunky at first, particularly if you're someone who might be really hard on yourself. So keeping that loved one in your mind's eye can be really, really helpful. It can be a simple way to tap into compassion and shine it towards yourself. Dr. Neff has said that that's one of her favorite ways of teaching self-compassion because more often than not, we can recall acting or feeling compassionate towards someone else. And if we can tap into that, then it becomes easier to have that same experience turn towards ourselves. If you're interested in developing the self-compassion muscle and you would like to apply it to your own peaceful productivity, I'll invite you to check out a free coaching session. You can find the link on my website at financialwellnesscoach.ca. 
These sessions can be very powerful in terms of increasing your self-awareness, your self-compassion, and your self-appreciation. I hope you have a wonderful week, everyone. Take care. If you want to take the conceptual and make it practical and applicable to your own life, I invite you to sign up for a free coaching session. In just 30 minutes, you will have an understanding of how to make these strategies into an action plan that is easy for you to follow. Check out my website, financialwellnesscoach.ca to sign up for your free coaching session today.